What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Christian, Randy, Sean, back again. Uh, we are now into August, so we have that going for us. Yeah, Going for we, us or, like, just going, you know? I don't think it's just for us. You know what I'm saying? It's August everywhere. I don't know what you're saying, no. Oof. All right. <laughs> well, it's August everywhere, so, like... What is the benefit of turning to August, I guess? What is the benefit of this fucking conversation? That's my question. I'll answer your question with a question. No. It's, that's the correct saying. I agree. <laughs> uh, throw back to last episode. Up, Go check that out. Don't bring up Duke Johnson. <laughs> Dude, Duke Johnson... Greater than symbol David Johnson. All right. So what we're going to do today is um, we have our wide receiver A1s that we're going to be bringing in. Um, We're on to the third round of our positional ones for this. But first, uh, we have a we have a quote fun game that Christian made up. And but before we get to that, we have another triple R. All right. Yeah. And the title is Keep It Up. By Roy Mc... Mac- McAvoy. Is it McAvoy, right? Yeah. Roy McAvoy. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always a great listen. Listen to a few and definitely making it a part of my usual routine. Well, we appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> we Not necessarily that. what it does. <laughs> Randy has like... He, Randy has like 10 words to read. And he gets yeah, two yeah, yeah. yeah, well... <laughs> Did he get two of them wrong? Uh-uh. He got at least one. Let me put it. Oh there. no, he has ten. He has ten I, words to read. No, no, no. And he gets ninety percent of them because it made more sense in my head for some reason in that exact second. Uh, but we're gonna move on and just thank you for the review. <laughs> this is what we. This is like. This is what we deal with. They don't this call is, us mediocre for nothing. I guess right. Well, you say, bro. I think we call us that. And they just listen to us. Yeah, pretty much. I don't. Most people say, you guys aren't mediocre. And then we say, just wait. Moving on. (laughs) This has already gone off the rails. Five minutes in. All right. Um, So apparently, Christian, I like how he called it a fun game, Randy. Um, This is fun for him. I guess, yeah. So, Christian, why don't you go ahead with your with your game here? All right. So, I actually was inspired by the fantasy footballers. Mike Wright um, has put together these fun little games. His last one that I listened to was Amari Cooper or Marvin Jones. So, we're going to play a game called Terry McLaurin or AJ Brown. If you're looking for creative titles, go somewhere else. Accurate. Um, all right. So, are you guys ready? Sure. Sure. Okay. Thank you for that prompt response. Um, <laughs> all right. So who had more receptions, Terry McLaurin or A.J. Brown? McLaurin. In 2019. I'll go A.J. Brown. So the answer is Terry McLaurin. He had 58 receptions to A.J. Brown's 52 receptions. Okay. All right. Question two. Who had more targets? McLaurin. I'll go with McLaurin there. Yes. Terry McLaurin had 93 targets to A.J. Brown's 84. All right. Who had more yards? 
Brown. AJ Brown. That's yeah. That is correct. He had over a thousand yards. He had ten fifty one, and McLaurin had nine hundred and nineteen. The more the most important question here: Who averaged more fantasy points per game? McLaurin. Brown. It is McLaurin. Suck it, Randy. Four for four, bitch. It was close, though. 13.7 for McLaurin, 13.5 for A.J. Brown. McLaurin only played 14 games. This was the reason I got these right is because if it was two and two, why would Christian even put this in here? I mean, it seems like something he would do if we're being... No, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So... the The point of this game was to highlight that Terry McLaurin was actually better than AJ Brown in a lot of aspects last year, except for total fantasy points. Um, but fantasy points per game is the metric that I like to use because it's more indicative of how that player is performing throughout the year. And McLaurin is going nine spots lower than AJ Brown in uh, in ADP right now. It, it AJ Brown's at wide receiver sixteen, and Terry McLaurin is wide receiver twenty five. I'm here to tell you on our A1 wide receiver episode that Terry McLaurin is a value. He did not make my two yeah, A1. Chris, Christian's here to tell you that it's our A1 receiver episode, but Terry McLaurin's not on it. So he, I wanted him to be, and I said this before, I didn't want to go with all Redskins. Uh, so I picked Geis as my like honorable mention. I have Haskins. And of course, if I like Haskins, I like McLaurin, but I don't want to just talk about Oh, it's not even the Redskins. The Washington football team. I don't want to just talk about them the whole time. So, but yes, Terry McLaurin, extreme value. I would also like to point out that the fantasy points per game with Tannehill in at quarterback would make this not even close. True. Debatable. I don't. It doesn't sound I, very confident in your debate. Uh, well, I, <laughs> well I, I, I did not pull those stats. I I would probably say it would be close, but A.J. Brown would overtake McLaurin. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Brown had 13-5-1, then 24-4-3-12. I don't know when Tannehill took over. Was it nine? So, yeah, so Brown only had – So, Brown, in in the six games, Brown only had one – two games over ten points. Mm Mm-hmm. That sucks. Um, that sucks for the argument, but ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> Terry McLaurin is still a value. I mean, he obviously people are are looking forward to the future and and seeing that AJ Brown did have an awesome back half of the year and he was explosive. But McLaurin's going to get the volume, man. Especially now that Harmon's out, uh, they don't. I mean, they have Gandy Golden, they have Stephen Sims, they have uh, Antonio Gibson. Sorry, Sean. Um, but that's about it. So go get the guy that's getting at least, at least a hundred targets. All right. So that was interesting. I'm sure we'll be doing more, um, things like that, but, um, let's get into our a one wide receivers. And you know what? I'm not going to start this time. Christian, why don't you start with yours? I'm not ready. Okay. I'm I'm now ready. I scrolled. All right. So my first one, I've talked about him a ton. It's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is being drafted at wide receiver 17 right now per fantasy pros ADP. I have to specify because dipshits on Facebook like to 
point out some different ADP. I use fantasy pros sometimes. I use fantasy data at other times. I really take the average of a ton, all beside the point. Um, Calvin Ridley finished second in the league only to Chris Godwin in defense-adjusted value over average with a 30.6% clip in 2019. For those of you that don't follow advanced analytics, DVOA is the percent better than an average receiver. So Ridley was 30% better than the average NFL receiver last year. He finished ahead of Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, and significantly ahead of Julio Jones. His catch rate was tied for 14th in the league at 68%. His passer rating when targeted was good for 39th in the league at 113.5. To put that into perspective, Julio's was 91.1. Of those who had 90 or more targets, Calvin ranked 9th. Speaking of targets, in 2019, Calvin Ridley finished 48th in the league in targets at 93. Not very good for a receiver that, you know, should be getting a ton of volume because he's good as fuck. Um, Of the 26 receivers that finished ahead of Calvin Ridley in 2019, only two of them had less than 100 targets. I say this all because the Falcons have 258 vacated targets. 258. Just wanted to repeat that because that's a fuck ton. Assuming you can assume that Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley are going to get the majority of Hooper and Freeman's respectively. And you can assume that Russell Gage is going to get a bump up because those vacated targets include Sanu's from the beginning half of the year. And Russell Gage was targeted pretty heavily down the stretch. But Calvin Ridley is still going to get well over 100 targets in this offense because the Falcons' defense is dog shit. I like to reiterate that every episode now, I guess, um, because the Falcons are going to have to throw the ball a ton. So Calvin Ridley is going to be a a voluptuous receiver. Um, The Falcons' schedule is tied for fifth most difficult in the league. Like I said, they're going to be trailing. They're going to be throwing. They had 687 pass attempts in 2019, and their defense got worse. So do we think they're hitting 700? That's a bold prediction, but they can't throw any less. Um, I hesitate to bring this up because it's not really, it's not analytically driven, but the every other year narrative that goes for Matt Ryan has proven to be true. He's a top five quarterback one year and he's out of the top 10 the next. And this is one of the other years where he should be finishing as a top five quarterback because he finished quarterback 11 one year ago. Calvin Ridley has top five wide receiver potential. I picked him as my dark horse to finish as the wide receiver one at wide receiver 17. You're getting him at, or at least near his floor, scoop him up. And I'll try not to talk about Calvin Ridley for the next two episodes. That's my pledge. You know what's funny about that DVOA stat? What's that? You know who finished third? Who? Tyrell Williams. You know who finished fifth? Kenny Stills. Yeah, and those are low, lower volume players. Tyrell Williams didn't get. I know it. It's it just it's just funny that Godwin and Ridley are the two names on the list. But anyway, um, so I get it. But like, in your opinion, does Julio just disappear? No, that I mean, it's an Evans Godwin scenario to me. I mean, Julio 
being out there is going to help Ridley. It, he, Evans Godwin scenario spells little work for the running backs and little work for the tight ends. So your boy uh, Todd Gurley. Your A1 Todd Gurley. Your A1 Todd Gurley. So remember how we talked about how Matt Ryan's dog shit in the red zone? Well, Calvin Ridley gets most of his uh, receiving touchdowns outside of the 20. So his receiving work or his uh, touchdown upside is still there, whereas Gurley's work and getting those touchdowns comes when they actually make it in the red zone and Matt Ryan doesn't throw to the other team. So I think both can be true. I mean, I think I think this is the one team that I'm targeting the most because their defense is dick once again. Yeah, I in I also love Ridley this year. I'm just not as bullish as you uh, thinking that they'll have like two top eight receivers type of scenario. It's just uh, and it's plus it's, it's the only it's, it's really hard. I mean, we really we really don't see that kind of workload from an entire offense. Uh, probably the last time would be like the Steelers with like AB and Juju and a good running back. I'm not going to say Bell because that might be a wrong overlap, but they still got passing work there. Oh, and, pl- and that was too. Didn't Juju line up in the slot the, pretty much all that season? Yes, but that's what Ridley does. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I think that's like the closest comparison with all the targets we're expecting. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I just, I'm always, I've always been on the Julio Jones side. And I mean, Julio's finished not in the top 10 one time since his rookie season. And that year he played five games. So they're both going to finish top 10. I think it's just, it's, it's really hard that this is probably a scenario where it could happen. It's I, to me, it's just like, it's really hard to find that because I mean, before Godwin and Evans did it last year, it hadn't been done in a while. Right. It happens every year. I I'm almost positive because Juju and AB the year before um, I saw a stat where it's, who's going to be the next Evans and Godwin. And someone said that happens a lot. And every year for the last, I think four out of the last five, there's been two teammates in the top 10 together. Yeah. I I mean, it's explosive offenses. And if I had to pick a wide receiver tandem, this would be up there. I'm not lying there. I just, we, I was more trying to gauge where like, it's more of a, Russell Gage isn't doing a lot. And Russell Gage is getting, not a ton. I mean, you're. It, it's not like you're. I, I, in your projection, how many targets did uh, Ridley get? Well, let me just go ahead and pull that right up. Um, I want to say one twenty, so up thirty. What does Julio get? Uh, more. <laughs> uh, here, let me let me pull it up. Let it load. Insert Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> no, I mean it's I, it's an honest question because I I'm more curious than anything because I know what yours finishes at, and I know yeah. it's in a 30, 30 target jump is a good amount, like fifteen. Sure. I would almost guarantee. You know what I mean? Like thirty. Yeah. Thirty gets to like a number where I I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm also not ultra comfortable with it. But again, it's your A1. So it's not mine. 
Okay, so I, um, I lied. I love him, but I'm not sure he thoroughly cracks the top ten. So I have him bumping up all the way to 133. I have Russell Gage bumping up 19 targets. I have Julio coming down 10. Um, just because I see that that little bit of shift, but still Julio's elite. And then I, I have mean, first getting 84 targets, man. And I have you're talking you're talking 40 more targets this year for Ridley. Yeah, that's a, like I feel like that's a lot. It is a lot. It is for sure. But I yeah, like but it, gonna, if he need that, he has to have that to get anywhere close to what you think he's finishing. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least that high. I yeah. but I'm also like, I, I I'll just play it out on the line. Calvin Ridley finished higher than Julio in my rankings, and people are going to say that's stupid. Well, you've been you've already people have already been saying that. Well, yeah, but I don't. That was before we even started the show. Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. Um, but I mean, you saw it happen last year with Godwin and Evans. Godwin was by far the better receiver. Um, and so I think it happens for Calvin Ridley's third year. The third year breakout with receivers is crucial. Yeah. And, and he's my lead candidate for that. It's it like, it's, I think it's more, we're saying we think this is great and we love him, but to your degree, we're, we're standoffish to an, at least to an extent. That's basically how mm-hmm. we feel it here. But he's, I mean, going at wide receiver 17, right? I mean, I'd say, 11 to 14 is where I'd have him finish. So it's immediate value for a guy that could get even higher and win you weeks. Yeah. And obviously, if, if Julio were to go down, it yeah. really is well, A1, if not D1. But it, Julio's shown that he'll play through basically anything. Yeah. We, we hope. I mean, he could always be Juju for a couple of weeks, too. And sure. Underperform. I think the only reason that I would be scared away is. I just think it you're chasing like you're chasing a moving target, trying to figure out who the next team is to have two of those guys. Like that's that's my only issue because no one. I mean, w- would people really have thought last year it was Godwin and Evans? I mean, Evans maybe, but Godwin had. I know Godwin was good, but he hadn't shown he could be what he was. Yeah, I mean, he also got some more volume last year, and that's kind of what propelled him. Yeah, right. What what was and I mean it helps when your quarterback leads the league in touchdowns. What was his finish last year, Christian? Really? Yeah. Twenty two. Twenty two? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty seven, my bad. He finished twenty two his rookie season. But in twenty seven he only or nineteen he only played thirteen games. Yeah, yeah. All right, you going next, Sean or me? Yeah, I'll go. Um all right, so I talk about him all the time. And I I'm like Christian with Ridley. I bring him up Anywhere I can, I made us take him. Well, I didn't make us. You guys kind of agreed. But in the league that we're co-owning, he is now our wide receiver one after we took two running backs back-to-back. Robert Woods, ADPs. In 2017, he was lower than wide receiver 63. The the stat that I found on Fantasy Football Calculator only went to 63. He finished as wide receiver 32. 2018, he came in at wide receiver 42, finished at wide receiver 11. Even in 19, he was drafted much higher wide receiver 17, finishes wide receiver 14. We need, like, people need to stop disrespecting Robert Woods when you're listing off the most fantasy relevant wide receivers. He's consistently underdrafted and he's consistently a return on investment. Last year, he had 139 targets and, and he had 130 the year before, 
both years, including with games with who people think is the wide receiver one on the Rams in Cooper Cup. Cup had 134 targets last year, but he only had two games after week eight of over six receptions and six targets. That's a very interesting stat, and we talk about it a lot. It's because the Rams went to 12 personnel in the second half of last season after their bye week, week eight. From week nine on, Robert Woods was the wide receiver 10. He didn't even play week 10. So he played in uh, five games. Five, six, five, six, six, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I don't know. Who cares? Um, seven. <laughs> so he, he didn't play. He didn't basically, he didn't play one week and he finishes the wide receiver 10 from week nine on. And he had two touchdowns all of last season. In his, in his past two years in Los Angeles, he's had over 15 points per game in PPR in half of his games. So you're talking 16 of his 32 games. Only DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham were on the field for more offensive snaps last year than Robert Woods. And that's with Cooper Cup being on the field a ton in the first half of the season. So even if the Tyler Higby breakout comes, which a lot of people are expecting, obviously we're not, it's not going to be at the expense of Woods. And I think that's one of the reasons that some people maybe are, are shying away from him in the first half of drafts. But I full-on expect the Rams to be close to their 632 pass attempts they had in 2019 because their offense, we talk about it a lot, their offensive line didn't get any better. So one of the reasons that they're going to keep, that I think they're going to keep running 12 personnel is because, again, their offensive line didn't get any better. So they're going to have two tight ends out there a lot. Um, so if, if Woods would have caught even two more touchdowns last year, that puts him in top five wide receiver territory. He's being drafted right now at wide receiver 19. And this dude could very well finish in the top 10. It's a ridiculous return on investment. So Bobby trees, I'm lighting it up. I don't blame you. And what you brought up about Higby taking away from not taking away from woods. It's almost a guarantee takes away from cup. Well, she already has. Uh, plus, the only plus the only reason Cup might be on the field this year is in three wide sets. I mean, I would expect them to get him more involved in the two wide receiver sets, just because it's Cooper Cup. Let's be real. Uh, he and, and their other guys are Josh Reynolds, and, and their other guys are Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson. Yeah, well, uh, it's but uh, I, I was more saying they him and Higby work in the same part of the field for the most part, and. Cup's biggest draw is his red zone game, and Higby ate into that down the stretch too. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why we are scared for Cup, and we're we're still nervous about Higby. Don't get me wrong, but the one guy we've never had a doubt about is Woods. And like you said, I wouldn't project him for five or six touchdowns. I'd say three to five, hopefully. But even that small jump with no extra work is great. Yeah, I mean. Ultimately, I think even if we're wrong about Higby, like you said, Woods is the one consistent there. And I don't think I've drafted Cup in a single mock draft, in a single draft, because while he is probably the closest thing to Jared Goff's security blanket, if he can't get on the field, like that's that's an important part. You you have to be on the field to be fantasy relevant. And well, and- yeah, and plus Cup's going as a as the wide receiver fifteen, so he's going four spots ahead of Woods. Yeah, and that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. 
And I don't think that's going to move either. Like we talk about that some ADPs are going to change. I don't see that change. No, it won't move because there's more home leagues drafting now. So people assume Cup's the wide receiver one and better. That's how that works. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that will move, but I I think a lot of the guys we're talking about aren't moving. Maybe, maybe Sean's the second one. My second one. Yeah. And I think he should, but we'll get into that. So you're more of a name. That's what I mean. No, yeah, I get it. Your turn. My first one, mine is DJ Chark. Uh, we all kind of, we all kind of top twenty here. It looks like to go for uh, Chark's going wide receiver twenty to twenty two, depending on which set you're looking at. So early to mid fifth round. Stop with the the shark thing over there. DJ Chark, DJ Chark, He actually finished last year's wide receiver seventeen and. Last season, we know with the Jaguars had a lot of turmoil, turmoil in the coaching front office. Turmoil, yeah, turmoil. Uh, and at the QB position, where he switched, what was that? Three switches in total, basically. At yeah, Foles, Foles, Minshew, Foles, Minshew. So four. four, yeah. So this year, we know who the quarterback is in Gardner Minshew, and he is the clear favorite of Minshew and the clear wide receiver one on the team. He is a lock to get over a hundred targets. That's for sure. Uh which will mean at his worst, his floor is wide receiver 19 to 20. So you're getting him at his absolute floor right now. And a lot of people, including us, expect him to be way closer to the wide receiver one territory than the back end wide receiver two. (laughs) If he played all 16 games last season, he would have had about 130 targets with which his catch rate wasn't incredible last year, would have been about 82 targets, and he would have landed top 15 easy. So we take that in. Last year, really good year for his breakout. This year, Jags' whole team's dog shit. Let's be real here. <laughs> uh, Fournette could be traded. That's an actual rumor all around Jacksonville. Their defense got rid of everyone, brought in some rookies, promising guys, but it's going to take a long time for them to very get anywhere near what we know the Jags' defense was. And it's not going to happen this year at all. Oh, plus, it doesn't help that your best pass rusher hasn't talked to your team and in weeks. And he won't. <laughs> and he's not going to, right. So we're, we're talking a team. Mind you, I said this with Ngakwe, bottom third of the league. Now we're looking probably bottom five, if we're being real. All right. Debatable. Bad team. Chark, athletic freak. 98th percentile 40, 96th speed score, 93rd burst score. He's going to win off the ball. It just happens. He's going to continue to get better with his route running because he's growing as a receiver. That's how this works. If he's doing any work in the offseason, expect route running to be better. That's all he's really working on. He already has a rapport with Gardner, and he already has all the talent in the world. Also, great news, AFC South, pretty bad at guarding the pass. Among the 12 worst pass defenses and all in the bottom half (laughs) in giving up points to wide receiver position just in general. So that's six games right there that he should have really good weeks. Add in, I know they face the Vikings, Browns, who are good, but we know what happens sometimes with those corners where they don't even play that week. So we'll see how that goes. So we're talking at least half the games he has lower ranked secondaries. Plus, one of the best. Like one of the best uh, cornerbacks in that division, not just not on the team. Logan Logan Ryan hasn't signed anywhere. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the forty seventh 
best player in the NFL, according to that NFL top 100 list. Yeah. Dog shit. And Devontae Adams, 51. And yes. let's not forget, they're playing the Browns. They're also playing the Ravens and the Steelers. And they're probably going to be very in that whole division, except maybe if they play the Bengals. I can't remember that one. But it would make sense that they do. Uh, that whole division <laughs> is going to put up points on this team. So they are going to be throwing it down early and often. We all had them as a very bad team this year with a chance of getting Trevor Lawrence. Let's be real. Uh, sucks for Gardner. I apologize for that. But <laughs> this year it won't matter because Shark's going to dominate. Bottom line is yeah. you have a great receiver who finished higher than his ADP right now last year on a year he didn't even play a full season, didn't even have his quarterback the whole entire year, and was still trying to break out. He's He's already there now. All the upside in the world. You're getting him on his floor. Absolute value at the beginning. He could be a wide receiver one this year. Spoiler alert, I have him as a wide receiver one this year. We're not shocked because he's Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> I have him as like a top eight receiver this year, actually. Where do you have where do you have Mike Evans again? Seventy seven. <laughs> That's accurate. Um I have him in the top twenty. That's all I'll say. At eight, at eighteen. That that number that number sound oh. familiar? It might be lower than that now. I don't know. Jesus, barely. Legal. We don't talk yeah. about my, my rankings. We don't. You're right. Um, but no, uh, Chark. Yes, I mean, Didi should be back, but I don't think Didi's going to take a lot of work away from him. And I'm not expecting much out of Shane Alt going into this season. Maybe, maybe, maybe Shane Alt. Shane Alt's a guy going forward, but and Leonard Fournette's not going to catch a hundred balls again. That's just not going to happen. Well, he didn't catch a hundred last year. He got a hundred targets, but whatever. <laughs> um, he's he's not even going to get that. You're you're absolutely correct there. I think, um, I I think the one guy that people have kind of forgotten about is Chris Conley. I think he had almost a hundred targets last year. Um, a lot of that was with Didi out, though. Right, and so I don't know how much he'll eat into it. I DJ Chark is a lock for over a hundred targets, like Randy said. And that's the thing. I think the, the common theme here is that we like guys who are going to get the ball thrown to them. And yes. well, yeah. And, and like um, just last year with all that going on, if you would have actually been able to play all games, you would have had 130 about targets. And right now, I mean, right now Jacksonville's backup quarterback is Jake Lutton. So you have to think that whether or not Minshew's the guy going forward, Minshew's the guy this season. Yeah, not even question. He should he should never come off the field. I don't care if they're down eighty. It him and Shark should be out there running streaks. Uh, Plus, there's that there's that argument that um like Minshew was like a lot better than people think. I know Christian is under that um he, under he that mindset. Same pace as Kyler Murray. Yeah, right. The rookie of the year. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, if as long as Minshew's behind center the entire year, DJ Chark will absolutely be the return on investment. So Christian, go ahead and into your second one. Let's take a quick break first, and when we get back, I will do that. Welcome back to the A one receiver episode of the Cut. Christian is on the board with his second guy. I know I made it sound like a draft, but it's okay. This is not a draft, though. If I were in a draft, I would draft this guy, Michael Gallup. Oh, great segue. Let's let's preface this with the fact that Michael Gallup is going as the wide receiver 32 in drafts right now. Do dynasty drafts impact this number? Probably. 
Yes. I would say definitely. I like how you I like how you put probably in the first part and it wasn't the end of your question. I thought probably was your answer to said question, but it wasn't. It was initially the answer. However, I adapted because I'm quick on my feet, bro. Um probably either way, wide receiver thirty two, even if that's impacted by dynasty leagues, that is too low. And I will tell you why. Fact the Dallas Cowboys have one hundred and ninety vacated targets. Fact. That's good for second in the league. You know who's first? The Falcons. The last person I talked about is on that team. Did you know that Michael Gallup averaged eight targets a game in 2019? This is before the 190 vacated targets. When you ask these questions, who are you asking? I'm asking the rhetorical. I I just don't preface them with, this is a rhetorical question, so don't answer. Like you. Um, I did anyway, that once. I know. i'm sorry okay he finishes wide receiver 22 last year in just 14 games and he only started in 12 of those games his 16 game pace am i allowed to pace out 14 games randy okay okay but not eight no uh his 16 game pace was 75 receptions 1265 yards and seven touchdowns that would have been good for wide receiver 12 on the year. He did this while finishing second worst in the league with 11 drops and sixth worst in the league with a drop percentage of 9.7. So he has stone hands. Big oof. Yeah, very bad. But what happens when that improves? That's not rhetorical. Someone answer. What happens when it improves? I mean, how do we know it would improve? He'll catch another ball. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, a few more balls, probably. Um, <clears throat> oh, two. Yeah, a few is three or more, actually. Uh, so anyway, Dallas lost a lot of key defensive pieces, meaning that the Cowboys could be in more shootouts than you would initially expect. I fully expect the Cowboys to be a really good team, but I think they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit in order for that to happen. There's continuity in the offense with Kellen Moore returning. This offense is the same offense that gave Amari Cooper Fifteen and a half fantasy points per game last year, but was still able to sustain fifteen point two fantasy points per game for Michael Gallup. I expect a high end wide receiver two year out of Michael Gallup, and that feels like it's staying on the side of caution. Don't forget about Michael Gallup. I noticed. I noticed you seem to have left a very important name in Dallas off that. Ceedee Lamb. Yeah. I don't need to talk about him because he's going to get Randall Cobb's work because Randall Cobb had over 80 targets and how many rookies you love to tell me that uh, this is the right spot for CD lamb. When I told you, you were low on CD lamb. You said, no, no, I, no, I, I, you're right. I don't expect much out of lamb his first year. I agree, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know how he wouldn't take into some of, Gallup's work is all because there's too many vacated and that's the thing that people are overlooking and that's why he's being drafted so late is people don't like Blake Jarwin isn't going to get all of Jason Witten's targets I even if he does I mean that'll leave what another hundred or so for for Lamb and so and but you got to account that's not all the Lamb because that's also to Gallup and Cooper Exactly. And so, that's that's where I'm 
yeah, kind of uh, on this. Give, you give fifty of those to to get. That's that's incorrect. I agree with, down to the T with everything you said, except mm-hmm. the high end wide receiver two part. Mm-hmm. Yes, I figured that would be your point of contention. Yes. Um, well, Randy, I, remember he has Mike Evans as a low end wide receiver too. Yeah, I have Michael Gallup ranked ahead of Mike Evans. Yes. Yes, 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 you do. I do. And so I gave Michael Gallup 13 more targets. Randy, do you want to call it an episode? (laughs) Yeah, I I would like both of us to get to talk so people think we're less crazy. (laughs) I I think, fuck you. Um, (laughs) So I'm not going to talk on Mike Evans other than I think what is consistent across the board for receivers that I target is I like consistency. You see, I, I. I mean, not in their production, in the team situation. <laughs> I guess I should have clarified that a little better. But, like, in team situation, Kellen Moore's still there. Yes, Mike McCarthy is now the head coach, but that would actually benefit the wide receivers more so than it would, uh, like, hinder them. And then you look at a guy like Mike Evans, you've got Tom Brady coming in, you've, you've got a, a certain amount of guaranteed uh, a loss of of yardage there because Tom Brady's not throwing for five thousand. You've got some touchdown regression coming for that team. Um, I just I want to agree. With there's that. a lot of well, you know, there's a lot Tom of, Tom Brady, the guy who threw six hundred six hundred thirteen times last year. Yeah, and for how many yards, man? How many? Yards? I, I'm, I'm aware four thousand. How many? He had four thousand, but he still had twenty four touchdowns. Sure, and. So how many did Jameis have? Please, please hit me with it. I had 5,000, like 5,035-ish, I think. 33. So you're, oh. I mean, you're nine touchdown difference. Yes, yes. That is, that is why I'm on Mike Evans. This is not a Mike Evans show. This is a Michael Gallup. Go draft Michael Gallup because he's going to outperform his ADP. Even right. if so even if he doesn't hit my Tom Brady ADP. also made the playoffs with the Patriots and still threw for 24 touchdowns. Either way, even if he just does what he does la- what he did last year, you said he's going as 32, right? Yeah. So he everyone if he, if he has you know, in 14 games he finished wide receiver 22. He just repeats that in 16, even if he doesn't grow at all and honestly gets a little worse, it's an incredible immediate value. Exactly. Yeah, people are putting a lot of stock in the lamb thinking that he's getting all 190 vacated targets, and that's just not going to happen. Watch him come out and get like 112. Even if he does, that doesn't mean that Gallup <laughs> can get what he got. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That, that's the whole thing here. I, the, the nitpick I would have is that Michael Gallup fucking sucks at catching the ball. Uh, that's, that's a fact. But just he was also... He he was also out there. I, I know Amari played sixteen, but Michael Gallup was out there getting most of the coverage because Amari was a non-factor uh, because he was playing hurt, and so he's a decoy. It, so if Amari's healthy and CD's out there, Michael Gallup is going to feast. Agreed. My only, I guess we have. I mean, we had them projected as what, like twelve and four, thirteen and three. Something like that. So, like, if, I mean, if they're up in a lot of games, how much of that passing work isn't going to happen? I understand that you said that that you think they're going to have more shootouts, but. 
Yeah, and I almost think that they're going to be the team that just keeps throwing. The other thing is, you got to realize their division as well. They're it's not going to be easy to run the Eagles at all, uh, and they do have Slay, so maybe that. I mean, I know Cooper does not do well against Slay in history, so that opens up to Lamb and Gallup. Uh, so that's two games right there that he's due to have his explosive games. So we'll, I mean, it, the schedule helps. His already known targets help. So I, I'm like you said, he drops the ball a little bit. I don't think he finishes high wide receiver two, but he's a wide receiver two, guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for me, it wouldn't be uh, an A1 episode if I didn't go more controversial for one of my guys here. So since, since 2013, T.Y. Hilton has finished outside of the top 25 all of one time where he's played a full season. Obviously, the time that he didn't, was he finished as wide receiver, I believe it was 26. He's currently going as wide receiver 24, and I think people forget just how good Hilton is. I mean, the injury narrative, in quotation marks, is one reason, but he played 16 games three straight years in 15 through 17 and played 14 in 2018. T.Y. Hilton also, I know, he paced wide receiver 15 when he played last year, and he had to deal with Jacoby fucking Brissett at quarterback after Andrew Luck just decided, hey, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. And this was like two weeks before the season started. T.Y. Hilton also excels at catching deep passes. And guess who his new quarterback is? It's Phillip Rivers. Hilton's yard after catch, he was sixth among all receivers in 2018 at 437 yards after the catch. And not only that, his yards per catch last year was right where Keenan Allen's was. And in his career, T.Y. Hilton has had a higher yards per catch by four yards at 15.5. Keenan Allen has perennially been a top 12 wide receiver with Phillip Rivers. We like to talk about it all the time. So back to T.Y. Hilton. He's not only been a 1,000-yard receiver twice. He's only, Oh, I'm sorry. He's only not been a 1,000-yard receiver twice in his career when he was healthy. His rookie season at 861, and even in 2017, he had 966. Those are the only two times in his career. He doesn't even need touchdowns to stay fancy relevant. He's never scored under four, but he's never scored more than seven. And he's consistently on that wide receiver two line. I understand that they drafted Michael Pittman in the second round, and I do think he's the future at wide receiver for the Colts. But with no preseason and barely any training camp, T.Y. Hilton is unquestionably the wide receiver one in Indianapolis going into this year. And you just had their offensive coordinator, Nick Suriani, mention that their offense is going to run through T.Y. Hilton in 2020. We all know how that's worked out for Keenan Allen catching passes from Rivers. Again, we talk about Keenan Allen all the time. But T.Y. Hilton absolutely has a top 15 ceiling if he plays an entire season with Phillip Rivers. So he's going as a back-end wide receiver too. If you can get him in the fifth or sixth round where he's currently going, I'm all over that. Um, But he's short, dude. Um. No, I'm just and you're bald. You yeah. still do stuff. <laughs> There's some base behind me saying that, though. And we talked There's about really you, you talked about like three guys before we started. Listen, all of Philip Rivers' favorite targets have been either medium-sized or big receivers, as classified by 
some article that I read. No, most of them are over six foot at least. I mean, as most classified as some article that I read that you don't even it, remember. No, I don't. It was poorly written. Um, oh. But it, most of his receivers are big guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Again, uh, Keenan Allen is three inches taller than T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, but he's a bigger receiver. He's not a, t- a tiny guy like T.Y. Hilton. And I think I've, I brought it up before. The only small receiver that Phillip Rivers has sustained is Eddie Royal. And he had, what, two good years? Sure. But then let me add, then what do you, then who is going to be the guy? We talked about this before. Like Michael Pittman going into a new offense where he's not going to have any preseason. I don't think he's going to be the guy right away. Paris Campbell is, I'm pretty sure Paris Campbell's five foot nine. Yeah. Um, I would say Jack Doyle and Michael Pittman. I think you're underselling him. Um, but then you kind of have to bring it back to Philip Rivers loves targeting his running backs. And so I'm high on Naheem Hines. And there's a lot of targets on this team, man. Like you, I mean, you just mentioned Pittman. You mentioned Campbell, T.Y. I mentioned Doyle. There's Naheem Hines and uh, Trey Burton even. I mean... Oh, it, Trey Burton's not going to get work. I don't know, man. I mean, he he's yeah. going back. To, he's not. I, I, he's on. not going to get a substantial amount of work, but that's a lot of different guys to th- throw the ball to. And so, I mean, no, I didn't even mention Zach Paschal because I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have. Because you don't need to. No. I, <laughs> I when T.Y. goes down. To Christian's point, there's a lot more miles. Yeah, that he's done one yeah. time in his career. Yeah, 100%. But, like, I mean, worst case, you could say Pittman's going to be, like, Mike Williams because they are pretty much the same caliber player, like, route running and everything. That's where they should be, especially coming out right now. Uh, but, like, I don't think Rivers has truly had that, like, third guy like Campbell that could be stellar in all aspects of the game, really. Uh, so we'll see. I I I'm a little scorned on Hilton over the last two years for obvious reasons. Uh, I think if he was going a little bit later, I'd be more excited. Which I that's what I don't get. He he played 14 games and he finished his wide receiver 14 in 2018. Yeah. You know, so what about that? Guys. What no, about that scorned him? It, I, I I get it because last year obviously it just didn't work out. Yeah. But I mean, how many other quarterbacks can go from a Hall of Fame, or how many other receivers can go to from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a perennial third string guy and still Stop. be fancy relevant? So Stop. I, and that's the other big thing, is you're you're acting like Brissett's the worst quarterback in the world when I'd argue he threw the ball a little bit better than Rivers did last year. Now Rivers, times. Rivers is much better quarterback in general. But there, I mean, Brissett was a lot safer with the ball. He made the right. Brissett didn't even have Brissett didn't even have three thousand yards. He didn't play he the whole season. Man. Whole year. He played fifteen games. He didn't start. Yeah. Did he start all fifteen? The only game he didn't was at Pittsburgh Week Nine. He had a hundred percent or ninety-five or ninety-seven percent of the snaps every other game. Yeah. Well, I think that goes to Randy's point of him being safer with the ball. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'm saying he's not the worst quarterback in the game as you're kind of acting like he is. Sure. Sure. But then you look at Rivers. I mean, last year he threw for 4,600 yards, which was 
fourth most in his entire career, and he's 38. Yeah, but he did that in the same respect that Jameis did. Yeah, because just fucking slinging it. <laughs> so, I mean, but why doesn't that mean that a, that you can have a receiver well, because, that's fantasy relevant? Because the Lions a lot better this year is running. I mean, he's got a great run game this year. Uh, defense is a, a step down, I'd say, but close. I mean, the uh, well, the Chargers defense last year without Derwin, they weren't true. great. But <clears throat> I, I would say the problem is going to come with volume with Rivers, in my opinion, because I think they've fully committed to being a run first team, a la the the Titans. I, I mean, they they see what's going on in their division and how you can run through a guy who can't catch passes. And sure, but if that's the case, then you keep Jacoby Brissett. You don't bring in Philip Rivers, who threw for 591 attempts last year, 500 the year before that, 575, 578, 661, 570. You don't bring in a guy that throws it as much as Rivers if you're fully committed to being a one run first team. Yeah, then you keep Brissett as your quarterback. Mm, I don't know what that do you, is, but I, I'm more like I said before. My my biggest thing with Hilton is where he's being drafted right now. I don't I don't see that as an immediate value. I understand like you laid out the arguments. He plays full sixteen, he's been top twenty five. He's being drafted as twenty four. And I think I'd rather have Terry McLaurin. That's the biggest thing. Uh but like you said, if he plays every game, he's probably a lock to finish there. I mean and, and yeah, a problem and he's gonna probably finish higher if he does too. I'm just and the problem with McLaurin over Hilton is, I mean, you're talking about a guy who quarterback stinks. He wasn't good last year. Done Same it one time. He's a, he's a second he's a second year guy, so he's only shown the track record once. Where, um, I mean, Rivers it, it consistently throws that many times, and Hilton has consistently done it. Like that's that's the issue. There's a chance Rivers has more picks than Haskins. There's a chance that he has less yards than Haskins too. It's a very low chance, but yeah, I was going to say well, what is that? A lot higher than that one. I'll say that. <laughs> what is, yeah, what is that chance? Dwayne Haskins now granted nine games. He had thirteen hundred yards last year. Philip Rivers had forty six hundred. Stop hating on my A one quarterback, bro. It wasn't a full night, uh, nine games either. Sure, yeah, it was like it's realistically any throw, throw like. He threw like half his picks in one game. So, <laughs> yeah, he all came into the Giants. Yeah, felt like the felt like Rivers did against the Raiders the one game too. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Like I said, I I you made a perfect argument. It's for me personally that Fine. the eight, don't take me. I will, and I'll be happy about it. Yeah, you're right. And like I said, if he plays the full sixteen, you probably win the argument. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. It's, it was, My argument for McLaurin over. Yeah. So I go back to volume. Like, I would rather the guy I know is getting over 100 targets than the guy who I'm not sure because they have better weapons. See, I just, I just don't get how you can. I don't get how you can kind of poo-poo the whole CD Lamb cutting into Michael Gallup's workload, but you think Could that not because I think that Michael Pittman's going to fully cut into Ty Hilton's. That's what I don't understand. No, I don't. I mean. I don't think that Michael Pittman's going to drastically cut in, but they have like what zero vacated targets. I mean, no, they have uh, what 
Ebron. Ebron's vacated. Oh, Ebron and, yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, and, I yeah. But Zach Zach Pascal got a lot of those targets last year, and that dude's probably not even going to see the field this year. Yeah, so you transfer Pascals to Pittman for the most part, and, and Campbell. Offense. Yeah. But why? Why don't any? Why would none of those go to Hilton? Because Hilton already got his right. <laughs> Ten games. Yeah, I mean he'll get a little bump up. How many targets does he average per year? So, 120, 109, 155, 134, 131, 138. Yeah, I don't even think he gets 100 this year. Okay, so you're just probably wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, I, well, I also don't you think they passed it I apologize. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you again. <laughs> I, dude, I don't I think they it. pass a ton. I have well, them at like well, 500. Thinking, I mean, you're talking Jacoby Brissett threw the ball 440 times. I'm saying that Phillip Rivers has never thrown for under like 520 attempts at one time he threw it 508 but that was like really close to what Andrew Luck threw in 2018 and T.Y. Hilton still finished as the wide receiver 14 and Rivers consistently throws for 560 570 times a year how many times was he on the Colts what does that matter He's saying it's, it's a different team. It, I mean, it's. I'm saying they don't get a. Offense. I I understand your argument about how you think that they could have committed to run first. You don't go get Philip Rivers if you're committing to run first. You get either somebody you do else when you watch him. Kobe Brissett. You do when you watch him throw 22 picks and say, "Well, he should probably throw a little less." It's the same. It's the same offensive scheme, though. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's that's a fair argument. They should run yeah. the ball more. Sure, and it, but and even so, when Hilton when Hilton played last year, he was pacing wide receiver fifteen. So even in that scheme, Ty Hilton was still relevant. Yep, sure, hundred percent. Like I said, after he said not even hundred, I, I switched immediately. I, I was like, wait a minute, I'm on this guy's side. Oh no, oh no. For the, for our listeners, I do feel a little bit more on edge because I'm sick of them coming at me with my A ones. So I, I have to defend myself. You come at me all the time, I, and I'm going to come at Randy. I think this has been the most attack episode for the A ones by hundred percent. Yeah, I everyone's attacking everyone. Fucking hating on David Johnson and Christian saying that Duke Johnson's a better running back. He's just an idiot. All right, speaking of long shots, uh, A <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm going Hollywood Brown, a guy I absolutely loved coming out of college. Um. He was he's going wide receiver twenty eight to thirty again depending on the site. So mid to late sixth round, even some places I saw very very like early seventh round. He finished his wide receiver forty six last year, so not great. But he's coming off the Liz Frank injury, struggled in that aspect more than any to get uh, healthy throughout the year and into a full routine. But he did not struggle for work when he was on the field. He had three wide receiver one weeks last season and clearly has the ability to win you a week just like Tyreek Hill or Will Fuller. Brown accounted for 41% of the Ravens' wide receiver fantasy points in that small season, in that small sample size. Obviously, he played 14 games, but it wasn't a full 14, if you know what I mean, Uh, which is good for 14th in the league. Lamar had 123.2 QBR when targeting him as well, which is, I believe it's the... Sixth best. I actually put the actually pressed shift for that one, so I had to look at my keyboard there. Sixth best in the league for that QBR when targeted to wide receiver. He did all this with only fifty nine percent of snaps. So if we're saying he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be relatively healthy this year. He should be full go. Really, he's 
almost guaranteed at least 80% of snaps, I'd say, more like 95. But I'm saying at worst case, 80%. So that's a huge jump up from last year even. He had a 19% target share last season, even with that low volume of snaps, which makes it almost unheard of for that kind of offense. And again, it's a run-heavy offense, so maybe that gears towards that more, and I, I will concede that point. But that doesn't mean he can't dominate in that system, as we saw A.J. Brown do a lot of weeks last year in a running, run-heavy system for the Titans. Uh, and speaking of, he actually played really, really well in the playoff loss to the Titans, who had their best cornerback, not a free agent at that point. Uh, he went s- seven catches and 11 targets for 126 yards and was pretty much the only thing really working for the team that day. So he had low targets in 2019, but through the first five weeks, he was on pace for 125 targets. Again, that's a really big extrapolation, but what I'm saying is it's not unheard of for him to get 100 targets this year. Not even It's not even a question of him getting 100 targets almost, and there's no real competition from anyone else in the receiving core to really get targets, even though DuVernay was one of my favorite players in this whole draft. Miles Boykin. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Miles that. Boykin. I kind of agree with that, too. Don't worry. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So he has every chance with that and his catch receptions, or catch percentage, sorry, to get 70 receptions this season. He did that in college, obviously in a bad defensive division, I will point that out, and it's college. But he had over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns in that season. Obviously, I don't think he's getting that. But to say he can't get the 1,000 yards and, honestly, the 10 touchdowns isn't bad. I think that's very doable this year. So for him to break, his target should be the 70 reception, 1,000-yard marker. And I think that really skyrockets his value from wide receiver 28 to 30, just from that stat alone. He was one of only seven rookies last year with 30 in the last 30 plus years. There were seven touchdowns, a 12.5 yard per reception and above a 64% catch rate. So he's clearly not just a deep threat. He clearly can do everything all over the field. And the seven touchdown shows that even on a run heavy offense that clearly ran the ball in the red zone and did a lot of dump offs to Mark Ingram, he still dominated. All right. And we go back to that red zone inside the 10. He actually had five dropped or off-the-mark touchdown passes to him. So he could have had 10 last year, even with a down year, just because he wasn't fully ready as a rookie. It wasn't fully ready from his body. So we go back to he's a much better route runner than he's actually given credit for, and he's given the fourth most cushion in the league already as a rookie without proving anything. (laughs) He has a 73.6% success rate against man coverage, which is very good and something I wasn't even – I didn't even think that was close to what it could be. But when you actually look at the numbers, he's very good at the route running. So you're getting a wide receiver three that has the ability to be wide receiver one any given week. The wide receiver one. That's an incredible value. You're getting pretty much all the boom of Will Fuller with more consistency towards the Tyreek Hill side. He's not either guy, but he's in that middle, but gives you kind of the best of both worlds while still being the very cheap option that he is. That's why I think he's going to be a league winner this year. All right. Sean, you go first. I mean, I don't see I – don't, I don't hate it, especially where he's going right now. I just get worried about, like, anything in that offense because not only with Lamar running the ball a ton, I understand they had a great QBR, but, like, just the amount of times that they use their 
tight ends and stuff. And like, you can never really pick, like, it's so hard to just pick that guy every week for the Ravens. But he, I mean, Brown absolutely has that upside. It's just, who knows if he ever even touches it this year. That's, that would be the only thing I would say. Brandy, how much do you think his volume comes up if the Ravens stay as a run first team, which they are, they absolutely are. If they stay as a run first team fully healthy, I see them getting at least 30 more targets a game or targets a game, target in the year. 30 more targets. He's getting 40 targets. (laughs) Sign me 30 more targets in the season. That puts him right on track to get the 70 receptions, right on track to get the thousand yards and right on track to repeat the seventh touchdown mark or (laughs) do better than that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, the the problem I see with their offense is you you know you can consistently rely on Mark Andrews. Uh, you know you can consistently rely on Lamar and their running backs, but I, I get the fact that he is by far their best receiver. He is their wide receiver one. Um, I, I just – they added weapons. They've got Miles Boykin coming back healthy, who is a red zone target. You you guys laugh at that, but I mean, Miles Boykin had he flashed last year at times and flashed last year all season. Hollywood Brown, yeah, he, that's awful true. I I get that, but do you think that Hollywood is going to repeat the what was the percentage forty one percent of the Ravens wide receiver fantasy points? Because I yes, I don't think that's sustainable, man. It's sustainable. He did it on fifty nine percent of snaps. Are you fucking insane? And I mean, they're also. I know Hurst only had 39 targets, but I was, they're not going to use him uh, on the offense with him being in Atlanta. Yeah, that, that would be tough to use him. Don't misread the stat. 41% of their wide receiver fans. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I, and I don't I, – my point in that is that they added DuVernay. They added Proche. Um, they – And then Proche. Probably. I, I probably fucked that up. Proche, but. Proche is nowhere near – ready. Duvernay, I'd love. Yes, he is. Struggle to start because he also plays basically the same position as Sneed. I I I get it. I just I don't know how sustainable his efficiency is. Three QBR when targeted. I would agree that the seven touchdowns in the span of time that he played is nuts. I don't know if he repeats that, but like you said. If he were to get 30 more uh, targets for the year, that number would still be similar. And man, a lot of his, uh, at least two of those touchdowns were uh, read option slants and take it to the house. And I know he's capable of doing that because he's just like his fucking cousin. He's really good at football. I just, I don't know, man. I don't like going to a low volume passing team. And saying, yeah, that's that's the guy I want to bet on. Okay. That doesn't make sense, though, because we bet on the other guys. So you're saying because he's a Raven, we can't bet on him. But the other guys in the similar schemes, we can bet on. No. What, what team am I betting on that throws as little as the Ravens? What? The Titans, first off. Well, I'm, I, I'm not betting on A.J. Brown. For the record, I had no idea that Antonio Brown was Marquise Brown's cousin. Did you think I was wrong there? Did you have to no, look it I, up? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't say who it was. You just oh. said 
as good as his cousin. Uh, who his cousin was. Oh, okay. You didn't know that? That's why AJ Brown and the Ravens is such a hot topic all the time, I think. But well, AJ yeah. Brown's on the Titans. <sighs> it doesn't matter. God damn it. You, you knew what I meant. Your biggest knock is there a low passing offense to where mm-hmm. he already did all of these percentages from just when he was on the field with, let's say, probably the lowest passing volume he's ever going to get in his career because they're going to have to throw more. That's because they threw, that's a good they threw point. more the second year of Lamar. They're going to have to. And, and I think the, especially the North with the Browns and the Steelers might be more competitive. Yep. So they're not going to. Oh, yeah. Game. Well, it seems. It, it, I get it. And your, I, I would your biggest just... thing is he had like two breakaway plays from a guy that can break away any given second. So I should discredit his ability because of his ability? <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, but it's similar to McCall Hardman, who people are fading because of... Week two, 13 targets, eight receptions. McCall Hardman will never do that. Well, stop. Yes, he will. McCall Hardman will never have 13 targets one week with eight receptions. Okay, mm-hmm. I will bet you a lot of money that that will at least happen once in his career, dude. Come on. Hardman, Hardman's <laughs> max targets last year was six. Yeah, six. in his rookie year. I get it. I, and so was Marquise. I get it. I get it. But to say McCole won't do that, it's kind of weird. Not, it's because, first of all, they're, they have the same devastating speed, but they're not the same player at all. McCole isn't a target monster type guy where Hollywood Brown is 100% going to be the target monster of this team. Obviously, Mark Andrews is going to get his due, but we also think he's getting regression. Hmm. It's tough because of the Hayden Harris targets. Randy, my question is, does his snap count come up? Because, I mean, 81% was the most that he was on the field last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, is, are you are you putting his like where where would you say his snap count's gonna go for you like to trust this like how high do you think it's gonna oh be he's he's gonna be so he's not a blocking receiver so he's not gonna be on the field ninety plus percent of the time but I think eighty eighty percent and above is what he's gonna be every week I'd say okay I was gonna say because he he only did eighty percent once. You know, remember he wasn't fully healthy for all of these weeks sure and right. they were up a lot a lot of these weeks so they yeah. they were just like hey you know what bud you can sit down so when we play the Titans you can be the only person that does anything for us and we're gonna lose <laughs> yep all right I don't have any more to argue I I, you sure? I get the premise but I just think I'd have some pause 28 through 30. I guess that takes the risk out of it. Week winner, guaranteed two ti- two times this year, uh, upside of five or six times this year. That's that's yeah. basically the killer. Yeah. All right. Well, we are done with that. <laughs> so those were our A ones at wide receiver. Anything else, gentlemen? We just completed our listener league draft yesterday, but we technically haven't because it's Thursday when we're recording. So we'll update you on Thursday. I can't wait to see how much better our team is than Sweet and Sean's. Are you guys drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 103, Sean? 
I'm going to trade up to the 101 and draft him there. Smart. Oh. Big, big brain moves. Oh, absolutely. So, so speaking of Clyde, anyone that thinks he's not getting an incredible workload now is not intelligent. I just want to point that out. Sure. Very wild. This could definitely be the Kareem Hunt win uh, Spencer Ware tore his ACL in preseason. I, I believe the stat is there's been two first-round running backs in the last like two or three decades that haven't gotten more than like 200 or 210 touches. One was Rashad Penny, for obvious reasons. He was hurt a lot that year, too. Other one was Christian McCaffrey, who only didn't get it because they had another running back around. But he had interceptions. By the way... <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Lair can have eight receptions. <laughs> That's why, like, I think... He's getting the 210. He's getting that number, and McCaffrey was good that year, by the way. <laughs> so, there's no worry needed. No, he's going to go. He's going to be nuts. He's absolutely going to start going off drafts in the first round. What guys would you take before him? The obvious one. You you, you go the obvious, and then you... McCaffrey, clear. McCaffrey Barkley, Kamara... Zeke, Cook. Yeah, that, that's it. Well, yeah, probably yes. Henry Mixon. Well, so there's there's that Henry Mixon. Let's go, Jacob Sanders, Drake, like that whole group, all of which in Chubb, all of which have questions. Yes. So you got another guy who has questions. So that's why some people are going to have him as high the best offense in football to start. Yeah, some people are going to have him high as six. Some people are going to have him the ten to twelve. It's because there's a whole group there that each one has their own question mark. So you got to kind of pick your question and hope you won. I mean, that's, that's, that's how you, that's how you're going to win these first, that turnaround at the end, basically. You're going to have to pick the right two. If you're going to running backs there, you got to pick at least the one really good one. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I was just curious. I have him ranked RB seven now, so I didn't want to be a weirdo. I would I would take Henry over Clyde still. That's I mean, I my only comment is he was RB twelve, I believe, for us, and I did that, and that was with Damian getting a good amount of work. Yeah, I I had him down at RB sixteen though. So that's awesome. where Go ahead. Value for DeAndre Washington. We'll see what? we'll see how that see, that's, like I think his value that's the biggest question of all of this is how does that second piece running back work for the Chiefs? Well, I think, like I said, I think... Andre Washington got brought in. He did pretty well last year. Yeah, but people Rashad, forget that. Rashad was a better pass catcher and arguably a better runner than him last year. And Edwards Alaire does not need him to ever be a pass catcher for him. No, it's just a matter of how much do you really want to take the training wheels off a rookie. And again, a no-camp season. Or a new preseason. But that, that's what I mean, because we also have Daryl Williams and we also have Darwin Thompson who sure. RB2. There, I don't uh, think there. No Williams. one is going to get what Damian Williams was going to get as the RB2 of this team. He was already the RB2 of the team. You guys, are, anyone that doesn't think that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't even think, to be honest, I don't even think Daryl Williams makes the team. I think they'll we'll see. Because they also have Elijah McGuire, too. Sure. I don't think they signed. DeAndre Washington to not use him. I just don't know what it's hard to tell what his exact role is. Right. All right. We've done too much Kansas City Chiefs stuck. Really? We will sure have. Their first time ever. We <laughs> Nicole Hardman for a while. But we do we really? Uh, well, that was your that was your fault. 
Yeah, it sure was. All right, and then Red Zone Draft. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you. All right, so that'll do. Randy's dying. <laughs> For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys soon. We all.